Hello everyone, my name is Eric and welcome to the first episode of Anomalous. This is just going to be the podcast where we talk about anything that um, doesn't quite fit the mold of reality. So, let's hit the ground running with one of the strangest cases that most anyone has ever heard. It's also one of my favorites. But to do this, I'm going to ask that you be the Sherman to my Mr. Peabody and hop into the Wayback Machine with me. We're going to go all the way back to 1966, right outside of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I will probably butcher half of the words I'm about to try and say. I apologize. There, there's no other way to it. I'm probably going to butcher this. <clears throat> so, on the afternoon of August 20th, a young man was flying a kite and discovered two bodies on the Moro de Ventum, which I will call Ventum Hill to keep from embarrassing myself further. So, the young man finds two bodies on the hill, and that cannot be the best way to spend a summer afternoon flying a kite. I mean, just, that's not going to do you any good. He made his report to the local authorities, as anyone would. Apparently, this hill has some really rough terrain. I never quite got the rundown on what that means. But, whatever it does mean, it kept the authorities from getting there until the next day. When they arrived, they were greeted by a, well, an absolutely baffling crime scene. Two men lay in the grass next to each other, in formal suits and raincoats. As if that wasn't bad enough, both had masks covering their eyes. These masks were determined to be made of lead. We've already started this off on a strange path. Now let's pave that road a little bit further. These victims showed no signs of trauma or struggle. On the scene, and in autopsy. Around them was a water bottle, a pack that held two wet towels, and a notebook. The contents of the notebook probably being the catalyst for the truly bizarre events in this case. The main release contents of the notebook go as follows. 1630. Be at the specified location. 1830. Ingest capsules. After the effect, protect metals. Await signal masks. This is a rather cryptic itinerary that to this day, even from all the way back in 66, no one is really sure what they meant. No one is sure what they were trying to accomplish. And we're going to find out why. Well, we're going to try to. That's part of the issue with this whole case. A lot of what we're going to come across is anecdotal. And really, there's very little hard evidence. But that's also what makes this case so fascinating. So, let's ask the first question. 
Who the hell are these guys? Well, Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana. Well, that was pretty good. Were electronic technicians hailing from the town of, oh boy, here we go, Campos dos Coetacases, northwest of Rio. And we're looking maybe between 100 200 kilometers outside of Rio, northwest. So it's kind of out there. How did these guys end up dead on a hill covered in lead? Still a question that no one can really answer. But as far as the accounts go, both men left Campos on the 17th of August with the intent to buy materials for work. They caught a bus to Niteroi, arriving in the afternoon. This is where they purchased the raincoats and the bottle of water at a local bar. Investigators went to the bar, and the waitress they talked to apparently talked about the men as skittish, checking their watches, looked like they had somewhere to be, and a very specific time to be there. The itinerary in the uh, strange notebook kind of backs that up. But we're not done. This gets remarkably stranger. In March of 1967, in the Flying Saucer Review, Charles Bowden shed light on a lot of aspects of this case, specifically events prior to and following this incident. Among the articles he translated were odd occurrences of round, orange UFOs going up and down over Ventum Hill the night the men went there. The fact that a similar death, mask included, had taken place on a different hill four months earlier, and that our two technicians and a friend, Elcio Gomez, had built a device into Cruz's garden that had blown up two months prior. None of these things make a damn bit of sense. Not yet. And I know they don't. Hell, it still doesn't really make sense to me. But that's what we're here for. With all this research going on, it would seem that there was something going on with electronic technicians at the time. Is that a true statement? Uh, well, according to Gomez's statement to police, yeah. Yeah, it was. These men considered themselves scientific spiritualists. The three we've named already had an interest in doing things like contacting Mars, as well as other metaphysical endeavors. A search of Viana's home workshop found a book with highlighted text describing the intense luminosity of spirits, along with tools and scrap to make the masks. These guys meant business. They were going to find these spirits, they were going to see them, but have the lead masks to protect their eyes. Quick note, lead masks to cover the eyes, do, no, no one uses them. To protect against radiation protected masks, cover the whole face. And you have goggles so you can see what you're doing. No one uses a mask made from lead to cover their eyes. That makes no sense. 
during Bowen's research, it was also it was also found that a self-appointed professor of yoga gave a statement to a newspaper two weeks after the deaths detailing how the spiritualist community used psychedelic drugs and that his opinion was that Manuel and Miguel had accidentally overdosed. Which is pretty fair. They already talked about ingesting capsules and no one knew what the hell that was. So, it seems like a good call, huh? You know, ingesting capsules... Yeah, you know, that's... They probably did. They probably overdosed. But what's the official verdict on that? Well, your guess is as good as theirs. Unfortunately, as it went, with their overnight exposure, and what you could only call a backup of work at the coroner's office, decomposition had taken hold of the internal organs before a toxicology treatment could ever be done. So, where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with one of the strangest cases this world has ever seen. Two men, dead on a hill, eyes covered with lead, presumably to, I don't know, meet a UFO? Meet some spirits? Hell, some people think they were time travelers. I, I didn't even want to get into that one. That was just a bit. This is already out there enough. Them as time travelers, however, that's just, I don't even want to know. Nothing like a good time traveling story, but eh, not so much on this. So we're left with nothing but a mystery. Which is exactly what we want. It's unfortunate that people died for it. But. As far as strange stories go. This is a pretty good one to kick off a whole show about strange stories. You know I want to thank anyone. Who listened to this real quick and dirty. First episode. Um, This has been. Something I've wanted to do for quite a long time, and I'm just now getting myself motivated to do it. I, um, <clears throat> I love how strange this world can be. I love the fact that it gives me something to think about. Something that you're not going to normally find in a rote textbook. It forces your brain to think differently. And that to me is one of the most fun aspects of what I'm doing with this. I get to confuse myself. And I love it. But once again, I want to thank anyone who's listening. Um, I have... Oh boy. Where am I at? Alright, I've made a Twitter. And it is at AnomalousPod. So there's where I'm going to be doing updates and things. I'm going to be reworking the quality of this. You know, intro, outro music, and other fun things. But the Twitter is also where I'll post upcoming shows, things like that. I already have the second one in the works. So thank you for listening. 
and you'll be hearing from me again soon.